This past year's periods of isolation spurred sales of jigsaw puzzles, workout equipment, binoculars for birdwatching, and so much more. Participation in a wide variety of hobbies has grown by leaps and bounds. Many are activities that some of us have enjoyed long before COVID and have attracted newcomers with more time on their hands. Still others have discovered uniquely creative ways to amuse themselves and fill Pandemic's New Leisure Time. Today's articles feature the hobbies and newfound interests that have been inspired by the pandemic, including the Washington Post's March 29, 2021, Creative Coping by Allison Chu and Lizzie Rabin, Next Avenue's March 15, 2021, Creative Pastimes that Have Sustained Us in the Pandemic by Patricia Corrigan, and Great Stress-Reducing Hobbies from the Forest Hills Retirement Community. And I will begin with creative coping. Pet chickens, pink hair, and old plane. Here's what keeps readers going through the pandemic. As the coronavirus pandemic wore on into 2021, we asked readers what's been keeping them going despite the hardships of the past year. Many people are still relying on pandemic activities that have almost become iconic. Baking bread, solving puzzles, adopting pets, etc. But a few others had responses that stood out in ways both entertaining and profound. We hope the coping strategies described by readers will inspire fresh ideas for taking care of yourself, or at the very least, bring a bit of joy and comfort to your day. Colorful hair. I am a septuagenarian who is face blind and have always had trouble recognizing people. Since we are all wearing masks, people have stopped recognizing me. Now I am the one who is not recognized. I get very upset. So I have taken action to prevent it and also to entertain myself. I dyed my hair pink. People recognize me and even strangers say my look makes them happy. It gives me something to smile about when I look in the mirror. Living in a sweatsuit doesn't feel as sad when I am crowned with pink hair. That from Shelley Baser, 74, in Philadelphia. Next, a flock of support. I have acquired emotional support pet chickens. I've raised them since they were two or three days old. I started out with the divas, Beyonce, Ariana Grande, Stevie Nicks, Lady Gaga, Diana Ross, and Carly Simon. Then I got chicken fever and added ice cream ones, coconut, cocoa, cookie, blackberry, raspberry, caramel, and cherry. They all fly to me when I come to see them. They eat out of my hand, perch on my lap and shoulders, and talk to me. In return for the food I supply, they give me delicious organic free-range eggs. I am a doctor, and the COVID-19 pandemic has beaten me up badly, with the awful stress of watching beloved patients suffer terribly. These chickens have given me a respite. Interacting with them has given me joy. Seeing them grow up and live a normal life, free of COVID concerns, has grounded me. Life goes on. That from Ann Morrill, 62, of Cookiesville, Maryland. Vaccine Volunteering I volunteer at a local hospital to get people from the handicapped parking lot to the COVID clinic for inoculations. Most of the people coming for the vaccine are seniors and all have some sort of disability. 
what I witnessed, wives taking care of wheelchair-bound husbands, husbands steadying walker-using wives, adults aiding their aging parents, fills me with joy and hope and admiration. Every day I see devotion, kindness, concern, and love. We went through a very depressing time when everybody was at loggerheads and nobody was cooperating with anybody. Then you get here and it's all love and community and all of these things that are really important to me. It just restored my faith in human kindness. That was from Bonnie Bird, 77, of Bellingham, Washington. Next, a non-Nigerian's flight plan. My friend and I found out about this old 1966 airplane at an airfield nearby and decided we just had to buy it and rebuild it. I was a mechanic in the Air Force, so I learned the skills way back in 1948. I've got this drive to finish it and be able to fly it before I lose my medical status with the FAA. It was a living alone and not having anything to do that got us started. And then it became my total purpose and being, almost. My fear would be a return to boredom and loneliness. The project itself takes care of me. For six or eight hours a day, I'm not bored, I'm not lonely. From Bill Vickland, 90, in Arlington, Virginia. On to bouncing kittens. Since the beginning of the pandemic, we have fostered 21 kittens and three mama cats until they have been ready to be adopted. Caring for animals who are completely unaware of politics and pandemics has given us a break from dwelling on these things. Sitting in a room with kittens bouncing off the walls has been remarkably calming for us, and sharing pictures and videos of them on our Facebook page has brought immeasurable delight to our 600-plus followers battered by the usual bad news in their Facebook feeds, from Gail and Chris Rotman, 49 and 48, in Everett, Washington. And now, sunrise calls. I walk every morning just as the sun is coming up and FaceTime my mother partway through so she can walk with me. My mother lives in Canada, and we normally would see her more often, so this is really a good way for us to stay in touch and keep connected during this very difficult time, and I love to walk. There's something about being outside that's really invigorating. I have found that if I don't have the time in the morning with nature and someone who calms me, then the day's just aren't as good. It's been the thing that kept me going, and I plan to continue doing it as long as I am physically able. From Deborah Jordan, 50 in Rockville, Maryland. My favorite, emergency chocolate. I have a chocolate shelf in my refrigerator. I set this up pretty early in the pandemic, probably in March of 2020. When I am ready to scream, I go to something chocolate from my special shelf. A squirt of chocolate syrup, or maybe a handful of chocolate chips, or maybe part of a chocolate bar. Those are the staples. Sometimes there is a piece of chocolate bread, or a brownie, or a bit of candy. I must not run out. The shelf must not get empty. It takes me away from whatever I am frustrated about at the moment. Just a bit of chocolate is calming to me. I don't need much. That from Holly Welland, 65, in Conway, Arkansas. Another walker's story, a cross-country walk. When the pandemic started, 
I got a map of the United States and committed to walking, virtually, from my home in Philadelphia to Los Angeles. I had just gotten an Apple Watch, so all of my walks were being faithfully recorded. It was fun to mark how far I had gone each month. I walked 1,703 miles from early March through the end of the year and another 170 miles in January. I have passed Denver and am on my way to Las Vegas. It has been a lot of fun and has kept me motivated to walk every day. From Anna Goller, 69, in Philadelphia. Next, a novel audiobook list. I am reading, or specifically, listening to books. That way I can move around. I have discovered young adult novels, especially Percy Jackson. Take me to a different place. This world out there is not very nice right now. Young adult novels are usually more optimistic, and I like that. They take me to a different world, one where I am not shut in because I can't go out and see my friends because I might end up in the hospital, and it helps to pass the time. From Karen Whitmer, 79, in Bellingham, Washington. Dressing up just because. We have staff meetings on Zoom, maybe two or three times a week, and so on those days, I do hair and makeup like I used to when I'd go to the office regularly. It's hard to look yourself on Zoom, and a little lipstick goes a long way. I dress up to go to the dentist because it's an excuse to wear some of my clothes again. If I go to the grocery store, I'll wear a pair of jeans. I don't even wear jeans anymore, so I consider that getting dressed up. It sounds trivial and silly, but it does give me a boost and it feels a little like a bit of normalty. From Mary Jane Bruce, 64, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, a tango for two. Once a week, my husband and I take a tango Zoom class and we practice every night after we've finished working. Learning something new is stimulating, and because we can't socialize with other people, it gives us a fun social activity together. With COVID, you're at home, and you're working, and you're dealing with keeping the house together, and figuring out how to get groceries without getting sick, and this is an escape from all of that. From Christine Kidd, 73, in Tobanga, California. Next, mouse miniatures. I have been making miniature scenes for my pet mice and photographing them. It combines the soothing aspects of having pets with the creative outlet of making art. The mouse and miniatures project was something I had thought about long ago, but never had the time to do. Any other year, this would be a hard project to keep up, but thanks to the lockdown, I was home with time to spare. For each scene, I spent about an hour gathering props from around my house, then another two or three hours setting up a diorama and creating the pieces I needed to add. Then I would wait until midday when Nibbles was asleep, mice are nocturnal, so he was way too active to cooperate in the late evening and early morning, and I would plop him in the scene, set my camera, and wait. I had fun, and Nibbles did too. It's not every mouse who gets to explore a whole new world each day. From Amy Golden, 63, in New York. Honing your do-it-yourself skills. I have been learning handy skills from YouTube. 
This has helped me in two major ways. One is the enjoyment of watching experienced tradesmen accomplish a task. It reminds me of the old saying, see one, do one, teach one. Two is that the learning has enabled me to clean my snowblower carburetor. Now it starts before it didn't. I can repair cracked drywall corner beads, sharpen knives with a whetstone, and build a short retaining wall, among other things, on my to-do list. I have a chipper waiting in the garage that stopped running years ago. It's next on my list. Moving on to Next Avenues, the creative pastimes that have sustained us in the pandemic. We've built miniature rooms, made jelly, and decorated a casket. Wait, what? Patricia Corrigan offers this. Those of us with time to spare have nurtured new interests and reinvented past ones to help us cope during the past year. When we rose from our couches after binging on the Netflix series The Queen's Gambit, sales on chess sets jumped by 125%. Kate Middleton and Princess Charlotte her five-year-old daughter, go spider hunting in between homeschooling sessions, and many of us have turned to reading to help us escape the challenges of those odd times. Consider Susan Flanagan, 74, who festooned the lid of the cardboard cremation casket she bought from a funeral home in Missoula, Montana. I spent a week going through all of my photos choosing many for a visual timeline of my life. Flanagan wrote on the Next Avenue Facebook page in response to our request that readers surprise us with their creative pandemic projects. A retired teacher, Flanagan said in a phone interview that though she is the widow and the mother of artists, she does not make much art of her own. I liked the idea of being creative with this and being practical at the same time. I'm very comfortable planning for my own death and sharing about it, and I advocate for all people to take more of a role in death decisions. The process was enjoyable, Flanagan said, because sorting through a lifetime of photos gave her an opportunity to reflect on those key moments. I spent time thinking about my whole life and the people in it. I thought about what I've done that's worthwhile what has been important to me, and what, if anything, I may want to do next. She has stored the decorated casket in her garage. Next, teaching craft cocktail classes online. Following in the formidable footsteps of actor Stanley Tucci, Michael Caccioni has transformed his home kitchen in Oakland, California, into a teaching platform where he leads classes on how to create craft cocktails. A certified master mixologist for decades, Ciccone shared his skills from behind a bar. But now, of course, his classes take place over Zoom. I have always loved teaching face-to-face, but at this point I'm so accustomed to the video platform that it doesn't faze me, he said. The bartender is the focus for each class, but it's also a chance for people to hang out, learn something new, and hear other people's experiences with making cocktails. He has been impressed, he added, with the broad range of participants. If I had taken a class on making good cocktails when I was in my 20s, I would have looked at drinking very differently, Ciccone said. 
Conversely, when fellow silver foxes enroll, I am so happy that people may be in a rut with what they drink, realize that they still have new things to taste, and they want to learn how to combine flavors and about balancing techniques. That thrills me. And now more miniatures. Like many of us, since March 2020, Barbara Duell has spent a lot of time in her home. She has used some of the time to create new rooms for her San Francisco apartment in miniature. For decades, I have been a craft person making jewelry, decorative cards, ornaments, and rosaries, but I'd never allowed myself the time to make miniatures, said Duell, who is 61. Laid off from her job as a child care worker due to the pandemic, one day she settled in to construct a tiny bookstore in a 16 by 12 inch box. The scale is 1 to 12, with 1 inch representing 1 foot. It was early in the pandemic, and I was feeling a little anxious, so I finished it in a week, Duell said. I had put music on and just kept working. I made the shop too big, so I kept making tiny books, hundreds of them. Duell then connected with miniature artists on Facebook for specific guidance and more ideas. To date, she has constructed a toy shop, an antique store, a coffee shop, a country church, a house complete with a taro parlor, and a birdhouse with a bird's art studio tucked inside. Surprisingly, I had most of the tiny furnishings just sitting around, and I made the rest, she said. The whole process has been really fun. I get an idea, I begin, I get in the zone, and I feel happy. Now Duel is considering teaching workshops. Next Avenue readers have found some other ways to fill their spare time. Carol Elkins works with zoouniverse.org, a platform that pairs researchers in a variety of fields with volunteers interested in citizen science. Nada Reed makes protective masks from quilt fabrics. I feel like I may be doing this for some time, she wrote. This is about health and safety for the ones I love. It helped me give purpose to to care for my family. Voice teacher Heidi Sari Leeson completed a series of instructional videos on YouTube for her students and anyone else interested. Using pine needles gathered behind her house, Beth Hansen made baskets. Elizabeth Anke put up several batches of wild grape jelly from fruit she picked near her cottage and said she plans to hold a Jampalooza at some point. I also dabbled in restoring some outdoor furniture and growing some marijuana, she wrote. Some people have adopted cats and dogs. Robin Douglas bought a very special parakeet that keeps her laughing. Trish Malloy restored a life-size beat-up gray concrete lion. Malloy added, his name is Henry. Now I regularly seek out worn-out, unwanted statues and rejuvenate them. Pat Wilkins restored an old quilt. Janet Hulwald finished a new one. Thinking a paint-by-number kit might be fun to try, Marty Brower ordered one. Now, she reported, I am addicted to them. Scrapbooking appealed to Mary Lou Fanouf Dawson, who made books for family members and looks forward to watching them page through the works in person.
someday. Nancy Litchfield Maggie created scrap journals depicting days spent sheltering in place, including pictures of graduates without graduations, bears in windows, roses seen on our neighborhood walks, journal additions by friends or family via Facebook or emails, photos of socially distanced outside holiday celebrations, and flyovers by Blue Angels honoring first responders, she wrote. Reflecting on her choice to decorate her cardboard casket, Flanagan voiced what we all might say about our chosen creative endeavors. This was good for me, and that's what matters. Author Patricia Corrigan is a professional journalist with decades of experience as a reporter and columnist at a metropolitan daily newspaper and a book author. Forest Hill Retirement Community in Pacific Grove offers these great stress-reducing hobbies. Everyone experiences stress from time to time. Stress is a natural part of life. Extreme stress or prolonged bouts of stress can cause health problems. Fortunately, engaging in certain hobbies can help calm your stress and reduce your risk for health problems associated with stress. Stress is the body's response to dangerous situations. Quickening of your heartbeat and heightening of your senses are part of the body's fight-or-flight response that provides your body with a burst of extra blood and oxygen it needs to take life-saving action. During times of stress, your body releases stress hormones such as adrenaline and cortisol, which raise your blood pressure and increase the amount of sugar in your blood. While the fight-or-flight response can save you in a dangerous situation, prolonged stress is hard on your body. This is especially true for older adults. Aging cells, declining heart fitness, and reduced lung capacity associated with the aging process makes it more difficult for older bodies to sustain the hormone rush of a fight-or-flight response. Long-term exposure to stress can put you at risk for a number of conditions, including anxiety, depression, digestive problems, headaches and heart disease, sleep problems, weight gain, memory problems, and poor concentration. A recent study found that a quarter of all Americans report experiencing stress within the prior month. Stress can occur at nearly every age and for nearly any reason. Young adults may stress about jobs, finding a mate and caring for small children, for example. Older adults can experience prolonged stress from chronic illnesses, disability, or loss of a spouse. Reducing your stress level can lessen your risk for developing physical and mental health issues associated with stress. There are many ways to alleviate stress, including meditation, deep breathing, and the use of relaxation techniques. You can also engage in your favorite hobbies to reduce your stress. Try listening to music. Listening to music for at least a half hour each day can lower your blood pressure, slow your heart rate, and calm anxiety and stress, according to Harvard Health. Research shows listening to music can help heart attack survivors worry less about their health and reduce pain in patients undergoing cardiac surgery. Dancing, again. 
Dancing is a great stress reducer because the cardiovascular activity triggers the release of endorphins, which are hormones that make you feel better. Dancing also alleviates stress by activating the brain's pleasure circuits. The rhythm and form of dance provides a satisfactory pattern that the human brain finds appealing. Furthermore, dancing helps create a bond between people, and this personal connection can alleviate stress. Psychology Today mentions an Italian study that found people who took waltzing classes were happier than those who spent time on a treadmill or a bicycle. Knitting. The rhythmic, repetitive movements of knitting can stimulate the release of serotonin, which is a hormone associated with calm, happy feelings. It seems knitting can also bring you into the moment, which prevents you from mulling over your problems. The relaxation response associated with knitting can also decrease your blood pressure, slow your pulse, and help prevent stress-related illnesses. Shopping. Shopping can actually help reduce your stress levels. In fact, some refer to shopping as retail therapy. About one-third of all stressed Americans shop to reduce stress, according to a survey by Huffington Post. Another suggests that retail therapy can even extend your lifespan. And it's not a surprise that walking is mentioned. Taking a stroll outside can do a world of good. Research shows that a quick hike can help reduce rumination, which occurs when you just cannot stop thinking about a stressful situation. Researchers think that taking a walk is a type of positive distraction that prevents your brain from dwelling on a problem. And watching movies. Movies also offer positive distraction from stressful situations. A good movie absorbs your attention and distracts you. Immersing yourself in a movie disrupts that worry cycle of rumination. At Forest Hill, residents are offered a sunshine stroll, a great way to get stress-relieving walks in every day. Hawaiian hula dance lessons give residents an opportunity to dance their stress away, while guests, pianists, and other musicians lull residents into a state of stress-free relaxation or joyful delight. I have really enjoyed hearing some of the non-traditional ways of reducing stress or taking care of oneself during the pandemic. I have seen people who appear to be close to my age with purple hair, and I am intrigued by the idea of dyeing my hair either pink or purple. I'm amused when I picture myself with pastel hair, but I am not actually likely to do it. However, in my home, we do have a stash of chocolate in the pantry, and just imagining Anne Morrell's diva and ice cream chickens makes me smile. Actually, just the thought of ice cream makes me smile. Perhaps you were inspired by one of the creative coping choices in today's program, or at least benefited with a smile or two. Thanks for listening, and until next week, may your days be stress-free. I'm Kathy Vanskoik.